Hey everyone, today's episode of Vegan Snack Attack is brought to you by Vegan Cuts. If you're looking for great vegan clothing, healthcare products, makeup, or better yet, even vegan snacks, you should check out vegancuts.com. Twice a week, they post brand new deals, and you can get 10% off your first order if you put in Snack 10 at checkout. And additionally, they do have a subscription-based snack box, which also includes some sort of vegan goods that are not edible. And if you respond to the first email with vegan snack attack, then you get a credit for a free box for a second month. So check out vegancuts.com for all sorts of amazing, amazing deals. And don't forget, snack 10 for 10% off your first order. Or if you're doing a snack box, it's vegan snack attack when you get your confirmation email, and then you get the next month for free. And I also want to mention that Thomas Hughes, who made our amazing theme song, is in the band called The Spinto Band, and they just released a new album called Cool Cocoon, and it is amazing. Uh, It's a little different from the Vegan Snack Attack theme song, if you're looking for that kind of style, but definitely check it out. Go to spintoband.com for information, or you can buy it at lots of stores, iTunes, Amazon, all over the place. So, vegancuts.com and check out the Spinto Band's new album, Cool Cocoon. All right, everybody, enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vegan Snack Attack. This time, I am joined by uh, a familiar name in the Los Angeles vegan community. Uh, he's going to tell tell us more about who he is and what he's been up to. But Nick Adler, welcome to the show. Excited to be here. So why don't why don't you explain? Because um, you could probably give your backstory a lot better than I can. So. Well, first, I'm a vegan snacker. So yes, that is why I'm here. That's why you're here. Um, I uh, I grew up in Los Angeles. Um, my dad moved here when he was young, moved to Boyle Heights, and oh, cool. kind of grew, grew up there. And uh, you know, always kind of dreamed of uh, of moving to the beach. And became a poet and a songwriter. Oh. And ended up being a manager and a producer, and and kind of being uh, you know one of the early um, creators of. Of of culture in terms like pop culture in Los Angeles, really. So you know from uh, Jan and Dean and and really helping the early uh, surf music scene and, and and helping the Beach Boys. I didn't know, see. I didn't know this about you. Um, yeah, this yeah. is amazing. This is yeah, great. yeah. And uh, and then um, be, he became a producer and a songwriter. Worked with Sam Cooke. Um, wrote oh, cool. uh, Wonderful World with Sam Cooke and produced that song. Then uh, got into kind of discovering talent, and that's where he found Mamas and the Papas mm-hmm. and produced those records. And then uh, Carol King with Tapestry and wow. those records. And, and then uh, found Cheech and Chong. Found uh, a Cheech and Cheech and Chong are people that you find. Yeah, well, he, just like... he went to the Troubadour, and there was these two guys up there, and uh, he just knew there was something magical about them, and he ended up producing all the Cheech and Chong records, and and directing wow. and producing uh, Up in Smoke, which uh, I am biased, but is my favorite Cheech and Chong movie. <laughs> and well, I think that would, in terms of Cheech and Chong movies, that that's the classic. Yes, that's the one everybody goes to. I agree with you, <laughs> and then. Uh, then also at the same time, uh, actually through my mom. At that time, he had just met my mom, and my mom um, is from Sweden. She involved in the music scene at all? Uh, no, my mom's an actress, oh. um, Britt Eklund. She was a uh, a Bond, one of the kind of the the early Bond girls. Nice. And so that's got to be kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always said no disrespect to my dad, but I always used to say Roger Moore was my dad. <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, during that time, he found Rocky Horror Show as a play uh-huh. and brought it uh, over here and and uh, put it at the Roxy. And that's when the Roxy had just opened nice. up. Nice. And then ended up producing the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So 
he uh, he had done a lot, and and then at that same time, that was about forty years ago, mm-hmm. uh, he had opened uh, the whiskey and the rainbow. Oh, so he's responsible for the, that entire scene. Well, yeah, in part, there's you know yeah. there's a lot of partners involved, but my dad um, was was an owner of the whiskey in the rainbow and and then opened right. up the roxy well everybody knows the sunset strip yep no matter where you are you've heard of it well and that's why i i do a lot of work on the sunset strip because mm-hmm. the roxy was opened in september of 1973 and i was born in june of that year mm-hmm. so i i grew up with the roxy um through good and bad and really understood the strip probably as well as anyone just because mm-hmm. i had spent so much time there you've and really seen it evolve Probably. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen it um, have its best days and its worst days, and and I think when you have that perspective, you can actually bring change uh, in a positive way to something. And, and for sure, and that's a lot of the work I've done over the last six years has been around the Sunset Strip. Right, right. Well, that's cool. Yeah, you're actually wearing a Sunset Strip music festival hat right now. Are you are you the one that got that started? Uh, yeah, well, there was a group of us, but mm-hmm. yeah, I produced the Sunset Strip Music Festival with uh, with a group of, there's about three or four of us that put that mm-hmm. together, and we're um, just coming into our sixth year of doing that, and so cool. it's really been something that's brought all the clubs together, all the hotels, um, and, and our neighbors. You know, one, sure. one thing on the Strip that we weren't great at, because I think they were just busy making piles of cash for so many years from all the you know great shows and all the bars there was we kind of lost a connection with our neighbors and so right. things like the sunset strip music festival um la vegan beer fest which we could talk about later oh we will talk about the la vegan beer fest and uh and then we also have the sunset strip um, farmer's market that we do oh, cool. um, from april to december that um, takes place at night. So that we're, we really tried to find things that were as much for people coming into LA um, as it was for the person that was about a block away from the strip. Right, that's cool. So how did you get involved? I mean, clearly your, your parents, especially your father, were instrumental in that whole Sunset Strip scene. How did you get yourself involved? I, I was, you know, I guess it's just like anything with your parents you kind of want to do the opposite. Um, so I grew up in getting picked up from uh, from school by by the you know girl that answered the phone at the Roxy's at the Roxy, and uh, I'd I'd get dropped off at the Roxy at two o'clock in the afternoon after school, and mm-hmm. I'd I'd jump my skateboard off the stage and play hide and go seek with the <laughs> with the sound guys until about six o'clock, um, where I'd then go over to the Rainbow and and tell them that I needed to be uh, making pizzas with them, and uh, which I wasn't very good at at the time. And then my parents, my mom and my dad would come pick me up. So I, I, I really grew up there, and, and so it kind of, kind of was natural for me to um, manage bands, which I had done for many years. And also um, the first thing I did was this club called Ballistics, which was a yeah. hip-hop club at the Whiskey that I did with... Uh, Dave Faustino and and a couple other people and we were all 18 years old well, actually, oh wow Dave was a 16 and we were four white kids from the valley and, and uh-huh. I grew up in Malibu and another one was from Beverly Hills and we we thought we were um we thought we were like hip-hop gangsters and uh <laughs> we're just like we're gonna throw this crazy hip-hop club and we got um DJ Speed which was NWA's DJ to uh-huh. be the DJ and we got all the tagging crews across LA to do all of the artwork. And oh, then awesome. NWA performed five or six times, uh, Above the Law. Uh, you know, just just really kind of was the beginning of the LA hip hop scene. And one of the things that had come out of it was we had this rap contest every Thursday. And no matter who would be, who would get up on that stage, it'd always be evidence from dilated peoples against exhibit against mm-hmm. will i am and so the the three of them would just battle each other and uh one of them would win every night will um is a great freestyler and, uh-huh. and he actually ended up winning most of the time but it, it kind of was the nucleus for um what was to come out of the west coast in terms of hip-hop over the next uh, 15 years 
That is so cool. And you were there the, for all of it. You were yeah, I was pretty uh, much responsible. I was uh, one yeah. of the four guys responsible, I guess, for that. Yeah, we were. We and I don't. We didn't do it, be, you know. And I, I think most people don't do things because they they think they're going to change something or, well, or create yeah. something that doesn't exist. We we just were really having fun, and we loved sure. hip hop so much. Um, and then you know what was great was my dad would stand outside of the whiskey and actually take money um you know at the door while my sisters were in the box office so it you know the strip and the clubs have always really been a a, a kind of a thought of for me as a family experience sure that's where you grew up it's what raised you is that whole culture and that's yeah and we've we've really tried to keep that in the dna of the roxy throughout Uh and and even now we we really talk about each other at the club as a as a family so what's your role with the roxy right now well I had, uh, up until about a year and a half ago, been, that was my 100% focus, um, and it needed it. You know, at the time, six or seven years, I, I took over the Roxy about 15 years ago, um, but some of that, when you when you take over something that has been around for a long time, you just kind of jump on board, and the train's already moving, and it's, it's hard to say, no, we're going to do this, or we're going to do right. that. You kind of just hold on for a little bit and then times got tough on the strip and I was able to then when we were at our weakest kind of take control of it in my way and say hey we gotta we gotta start listening to people we gotta start connecting with the community Mm -hmm. we have to get better bands in here we have to make sure we treat people you know correctly and some of those things hadn't been going on and so I really spent six years focusing on the Roxy and the Sunset Strip and just recently um have stepped back a little bit um, to put more focus into my new company, which is called Adler Integrated, which is a digital marketing agency that has a strong focus on social. Oh, great. Kind of taking what we learned about um, what we called the social strip, and that was bringing all the venues and hotels together through social and kind of creating our own marketing network um, amongst the clubs I took some of those concepts and and actually uh, got some partners and started a a company. Wow. So how long have you been doing that? We're just um, in our second year of of that and uh, have a little bit of the startup mentality. Um, You know, didn't really get any capital or investment. Just Mm -hmm. said, uh, okay, let's find our first gig and and then let's find the second one and the second one and the next one. And, you know, kind of wanted to go into it. free to move in whatever direction we wanted to sure. and and so we we know some of our accounts that we worked with is uh staples center nokia um obviously we do the roxy we just mm-hmm. moved what we were doing for the roxy over um uh music festivals um tech companies app companies so right really oh, uh, across the board cool well th- that's that's present day yes and we're actually going to rewind a little bit and talk about uh, your introduction into veganism. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'd love to know how that all started and then how you've kind of worked that into your yeah. uh, your, your well, present life right now. Uh, being that it's February, um, that is my yearly anniversary of, uh, that's my month that uh-huh. I started 16 years ago. 16, great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm 16 years vegan now and... I owned a restaurant called Creek Alley, which was on Melrose. It's actually where the dark room is oh, now, right. if yeah. you've been there. Uh, and it was a Jamaican sports bar, which was... Uh, <laughs> so basically bobsledding, right? Yes. <laughs> there was a lot of bobsledding mine. Uh, and it was... Uh, I had a friend... I have a friend still. His name is Anthony Mandler. He's actually a... Uh, um, a a pretty big photographer and mm-hmm. uh, filmmaker. His dad uh, started Chin Chin, the restaurant. I love Chin Chin. Yes. And so he always... There's not too many vegan options. No, but he... Well, there was a, there were some vegetarian options at the mm-hmm. time. And he... I was I was not a vegetarian. And I had actually gone up to um, however old I was, 20 or 21. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd eaten pretty much everything. There wasn't anything out there that I hadn't tried or experienced. And he kept pushing me... To become vegetarian and I just I I I I just it didn't connect with me. Mm-hmm. And then one day 
taking in some um, some food deliveries for the restaurant, uh, we got a box of chicken and chicken patties, and and I looked at it and I just thought, wow, this is disgusting. Mm-hmm. It was really a, it was a box of thirty or forty or maybe even more. I don't even remember how, but of just chicken patties. Right. Um, so I just thought, well. What if I add up how many chicken patties I eat on a regular basis? And I thought, well, and I started counting them up, and I'm like, I basically eat this box sure. um, maybe twice a month. And, and just in that moment, I kind of made a commitment to myself to not even wean off of it, but just to move completely away from it. And so I was vegetarian for, for a year or so, and then um, had a friend that had gout. Uh huh. My brother has gout. Uh huh. Is he is he vegetarian? Uh. Well, now he's actually eating a vegan diet. Yeah. Uh. After getting gout, it definitely limited things a lot. And there are certain things, even uh, vegetables and yeah. fungus and stuff that can't eat. But uh, he recently had some kidney stones. No, gall stones. Yeah. And a gall infection, and he was advised to go yeah. vegan. Yeah. Temporarily, and yep. there were certain things that he could eat, like fish. But he decided, I think, because he saw how easy it was for me, and certainly he like he got excited to try vegan food, so he could tell me about it. So he knew I can do vegan, yeah. And so he's been he's been doing that. So I had this friend that had gout, and he said, "Oh, I have to do this vegan cleanse." And I had never even done a cleanse or juiced or mm-hmm. you know really didn't was more of an active person than I was kind of a healthy person. I kind of ate whatever I wanted. And then, you know, when you become vegetarian, you 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 think that you're actually limiting the things that, that you can have. And, and what I've learned over the years is every time I change my diet, it actually opens up my mind to mm-hmm. things that I didn't know that sure. existed. And so I got, I just went to pasta and cheese and I think at one time I made at the at my my gluttonous is I don't know what the right word is there, but uh, I made a fourteen cheese lasagna and just couldn't get enough cheese and just and then I wish that everybody could have seen the way that the muscles in my face just yes. failed to work any longer. <laughs> I just got very uh, I, I overloaded on uh, butter and cheese oh, yeah. and, and all of these things and and at the same time my friend had gout and he said, "Well, I got to do this cleanse and." So I, I said, you know what, um, let's try it. And it was about a 10-day cleanse and got on the other side of it and never looked back. Just, sure. Just felt like this was what was right for my body. Not everybody's mm-hmm. the same. And so just... I think that's a good thing for everybody to realize that it's not right for everybody necessarily. But, you know, if it's right for you and you give it a try, you'll notice. You'll just know I, immediately. I felt good and, and I... And I go back to what I just said about, you know, as is the every time that I limit myself in my diet or change my diet, um, I go through this exploration phase where I realize there's so many different foods and 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 drinks and teas mm-hmm. and just things that I've never thought that I would that existed. And so each time that I go into that, I, I actually learn more and more about food and mm-hmm. find things that I love that I probably would have never tried. And, you know, I was telling you um, yesterday or the day before that I uh, I, I just did a year raw, mm-hmm. uh, raw right. diet. And I, again, I thought I was, I was, I was going to starve myself or, but instead I, I found all these things that that I'm going to keep in my diet for 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 the rest of my sure. life that I would have never experienced and and also traveling when you have like a vegan or a raw diet you you don't just settle for what's on the corner you you right. you search and so I, I I found all these amazing restaurants all over the country um, and outside of the country Toronto and uh, Vancouver have amazing oh, vegan and raw food. Um, scenes up there, Austin, mm-hmm. New York. I did um, five episodes in Austin. You did? Oh, just talking to everybody there who owned different businesses, restaurants, mm-hmm. food trucks, whatever. Oh, it was fascinating. I loved yeah. it. It was great. And I, I, I hope to do more and more of that. Toronto is actually on my short list of places where I want to go. And, uh, both Toronto and yeah. uh, Vancouver, mm-hmm. are uh, they're all over it up there. And it's good. Oh, so great. Yeah, it's everywhere. And that's a cool thing about... Uh, social networking is that you're able to connect with people locally and say, hey, what are the best places I can go in 
wherever in the entire world and they'll be able to tell you the things that you probably wouldn't be able to find if you were just walking around searching reading menus yeah and and there's there's something great about uh i guess any kind of community but the vegan community is uh is a is a special community in itself that's very um supportive Mm -hmm. and wants to help you know one of the things if i'm going to some uh different city I'll just tweet out where should I be going, and I can't believe every time the amount of responses. And- I do the same thing. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's really great. Yeah, the community is, I think, the, one of the most important things that people should realize about uh, veganism. If you are somebody who's listening to this podcast, I do get a lot of listeners who uh, are considering a vegan diet or want to just incorporate more of that into their lifestyle just to get a little healthier i i fully support whatever anybody decides to do of course me too yeah if you're interested in trying it out that's fantastic and the community is really great everybody is out there to help everybody else because every vegan wants more people to become vegan you know some are more pushy some some are more pushy than others but if somebody tells me that they're interested, I'd love to tell you more about it. Yeah. You know, it's it's great. It's it's something that when you dive into it, you have to learn a lot for yourself. So that's a lot of knowledge that there's you a, get. You got to share it. There's a lot of discovery, uh, you know, and maybe this will transition us into uh, into Beer Fest. But, yes. But uh, I thought, you know, at first I thought I was... I was vegan and I was having vegetable soup with beef stock for, mm-hmm. you know, six months. And then I realized, well, this is not vegan soup. And then, um, you know, the next product and, and gummy bears and, you know, sure. all these things that and you, you really have to, you learn that um, you have to know what's in your food. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not vegan or vegetarian, you know, we, we have to start being more aware of, of what we're putting in our body. And we're, we're just lazy and it just takes two seconds to glance at that label and the ingredients and just it's second nature to me just care about yourself ingredient label yeah. and i think for all vegans but uh, but then i have other people in my family that um never look at the ingredients mm-hmm. and I, I just think we owe it to ourselves to to do that um and you then, only get one body you yes. don't want to be filling it with garbage and so i was drinking um guinness for for a good mm. <laughs> period of time while i was uh while i was vegan and um and then my wife actually said to me, who's, who's a, she's about 11 years or 10 years vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, she said to me, you know, that's not vegan. And, uh, and that was a, what, I don't want to say it was a sad moment, but I was a, I was definitely a big fan of, of Guinness. And, and sure. so, um, you know, that was my last Guinness. There's a bit and, of disappointment that comes in it where it's like, oh, I thought I, I thought I knew you. Yeah. My old yeah. Friend. <laughs> yeah. And then something that was part of my you know weekly to have a guinness with friends or whatever um you know having to give that up but you know i i that's being vegan was more important to me than Mm -hmm. uh and and of course i found other beers that uh that i love that uh you know kind of replace that so it's it's not the end all be all yeah and uh, I just want to give a, a personal shout out to Barnivore.com for yep. being a great resource if you're if you're not sure if something is vegan or not, whether it's uh, wine or beer. Uh, they have a very extensive list on there. So I usually open up that page while I'm in the uh, liquor store. Oh yeah, I have it saved on my iPhone yep. as like its own separate thing. Exactly. Easy access. Too. Yep. Oh yeah, it's great. You just look it up and it tells you if it's vegan friendly or not, and then it'll give you. Like the emails back and forth with the companies and the breweries, distilleries, whatever. Yeah, and that's another um, kind of community-supported site mm-hmm. where uh, they encourage you to, if you find a beer that's not on there, um, they they actually give you an email form uh, letter to mm-hmm. send off to the uh, to the brewer. Sure. And, and yeah, and I've talked uh, in a, in a few different episodes about what makes beer not vegan sometimes and wine also. Uh, but for anybody who hasn't listened to those episodes, Nick, why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? I, you know, as far as I know, I, it, it, it comes into the, uh, to the filtering of mm-hmm. the beer and, um, you can filter beer or wine in, in many different ways. But I think, uh, in the early days, a lot of it was done with, uh, um, is, is it a fish protein that, yeah, that's from the, glass. Yeah, yeah. That, uh 
you know, a, a, an unfiltered beer looks very cloudy, but most beer that we drink, um, you know, you can see through it. And to, to get that, you have to take all the sediment out of the beer. Mm-hmm. And so you, they use these additives that, that um, not, are, not all always are plant-based or, or you know, I, I know that they use rock, some, some use sure. volcanic rock and things like that. Which is cool. Yeah, <laughs> which makes it hot. Yeah. Um, my my good friends at Carl Strauss is a vegan brewery, and, nice, and, yeah. and they actually showed me some of the some of the stuff that they use to filter out. But but anyways, yeah. So during the filtering process, um, in both wine and beer, they were using animal uh, based ingredients to mm-hmm. help uh, bring that sediment to the bottom, and that way they could uh, filter out and and have that kind of clean, mm-hmm. crisp looking beer. But it's definitely doable without and. Um, you know, I, I, doing the LA Vegan Beer Fest, a lot of people say to me, well, you know, beer's not vegan or, or how, what beers can I drink? Really is, is about 70% of beers. Do you, do you agree with that number or? That sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think wine is actually less. Wine is tough. Yeah. There, I, you know, and as a vegan, that's probably one place that, you know, if, I don't want to say I slip, but I might end up at someone's house or someone might hand me a glass mm-hmm. of wine and you don't know where it came from, what bottle. Right. So that 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 does end up sometimes uh, um, getting in my way. But, right. uh, but as far as beer... Maybe an L.A. vegan wine fest. Maybe, mm. you know, I, uh, um, I talked to uh, my partners at L.A. Vegan Beer Fest about bringing in some wine and um, there was definitely a uh, that look of... This is LA Vegan Beer Fest, not LA Vegan <laughs> Wine Fest. So, yes, there might be a wine fest. Uh, well, separately. that could be kind of cool, though, because the thing about LA Vegan Beer Fest is that it raises uh, a lot of ears, being like, wait a second, vegan beer? What? Yeah. But then uh, a lot of people don't, you know, the same thing that happened with wine. If they see vegan wine, then it's like, whoa, what about wine isn't vegan? Yeah. And it's just getting more people to ask more questions. It is. is a, it good. is. That's what it is. It's the, it's it's a question and mm-hmm. so anytime people are asking questions about what they're eating um i think as vegans we're we're kind of doing our job to to help push that conversation along absolutely yeah and i was at the last la vegan beer fest and i had a great time great food great beer great music too mm-hmm. uh so what can we expect for this next la vegan beer fest well just to say, I, I have amazing partners in, uh, in 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 Tony's Darts Away, which is Tony Yano has been on the show. Yeah, yeah. oh, he's great. great. Yeah, Tony is a. He, our connection is actually my wife's best friend is Amy, um, okay, which is his wife, um, and so I think it was about seven, six or seven years ago that um, they met, and Tony's like, I'm going to bring a couple beers over to the house, and and I was a. Uh, I was kind of the Corona, just whatever kind of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, not, I was not an experienced You weren't beer. serious about your beer. No, not at all. And uh, Tony brought the most serious cooler that I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. Uh, and, and just by the way, Tony's also the guy who's responsible for Golden Road Brewery, which is some of my favorite beers. And, and Mohawk Ben. Mohawk Ben. I was there last night. That has... Uh, if you haven't had them, um, you should go just for them. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the buffalo, cauliflower oh, buffalo wings. So good. Well, actually, I bypassed that last night. I had it earlier in the week. But I got the um, Heart of Palm Crab Cakes. Okay. Oh, so good. Yes, they, they, they definitely do it right over there. And so Tony <laughs> brought over this cooler, and uh, it was 11 a.m., and and he's like, we're going to start with this one, and then we're going to go to this one. And, and he's dusting some of them off because, like, they were he had aged some of them. So he really uh, helped that guy me. That serious about his Yeah, beer. he's very serious. And he helped me, um, he helped me start my, my exploration of mm-hmm. beer. And, you know, the first time you have an IPA, uh, it's in, I don't want to say it's an acquired taste, but it's, it's definitely a taste that, that you have to... Um, find your way through and and what you like i like that your way of saying that for sure yeah absolutely yeah at first you you can't really describe it to anybody who hasn't had it before you know yes it's it's very unique and uh a lot of people might be put off by it at first yeah it took me uh probably uh three years to Mm -hmm. say the words i like uh an ipa 
Um, but I but I got there, and and so then and then at the same time, um, it's just being as I've somehow named myself a social vegan. Um, I was interacting online with Corey Girl. She's uh, great, and of course she is a, a staple in our mm-hmm. in 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 the food side of things, uh, keeping people honest mm-hmm. and uh, and a beer lover. Um, keeping people honest for sure. Yes. All those Thai restaurants and she, she <laughs> will not let you get away with anything. Nope. And uh, and you know I'm, it's easy to cut corners, you know. And sure. And, and sometimes I think as restaurants. Um, and I've had them, um, you don't understand what it's like to be that vegan that, mm-hmm. that it's cooked on the same grill or, you know, and you think you can get away with these things. And uh, if you are truly catering to someone and saying we are vegan, um, you just, you know, Corey Girl is going to find you. Oh, <laughs> so, yes. So and uh, and then <laughs> and, and don't use her photos either for your uh, stock photos. Oh, yeah. Without her permission. You know, <laughs> um, but. Everybody should also check out her YouTube page, yes. youtube.com slash quarrygirl. Great videos with some amazing bakers, restaurant owners, chefs, things like that. I'm actually going to be beautiful. Doing, doing, You're doing one with I'm her? I'm doing an episode uh, coming up, probably talking a little bit about uh, uh, Vegan Beer, beer Fest. Um, sure. So just having, you know, Quarry Girl and Tony mm-hmm. um, as, as, as partners, um, we just... You know, the Roxy, we love music. We love new bands. Mm-hmm. Tony loves beer. Corey Girl loved beer. We're all, um, you know, vegan. And, and so it just was kind of in front of us. And I yeah. had the location and Tony had the beer connection. Sure. And Corey Girl got the food trucks. And it really was a perfect match for, for all of us. And that's how it started. It's um, The first one was successful. The second one was successful. Um the third one, which you went to, mm-hmm. was our, our biggest turnout yet. And um, and we have May 4th coming up. Uh, I have no doubt it will be... Um, I already got my tickets. It will be one of the, uh, I think, one of the bigger vegan events um, in the world. Um, I, 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 I feel mm-hmm. confident about that. Um, we have a lot more food. There's a lot more, although we call it... LA Vegan Beer Fest. Um, when you see it in print, it's actually called uh, the LA Vegan Beer and Food Fest. And food Fest. Yeah. Well, you can't have beer without something to eat, right? Yeah, and uh, Corey Girl does a great job of uh, going out there and find the best food True. trucks. And we've had we've had Doomies um, for the past three years. Doomies is great. And I was telling somebody about Doomies last night, where the food is so good, but I always feel a little guilty afterwards. Yeah, it's so it's, decadent. <laughs> you, it's but vegan beer fest is about um, going and 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 kind of doing that to yourself a little bit, a little like bit. Explore, sample a little yeah. bit of everything. You guys had the Seabirds truck last year yep. with um, with Brian Patton, uh-huh. the author of the Sexy Vegan Cookbook, who's been on the show uh, doing as a guest chef. And man, that stuff was great. You had plant food for people, Franken uh, Frankenstand. Frankenstein is so cool. I uh, I usually make well. Last year was very difficult because I was raw, so it's oh, definitely okay. do not go to the vegan beer fest raw. Um, <laughs> um, but I love to do the what I call the suicide dog, and Ooh. I just I I put every single they just have so many condiments, mm-hmm. um, and I can't decide. I always just say I ask them like, what should I put on? What should I do? I, I say, let them guide me. I just tell them to put one of everything on it, <laughs> and then I go hide for about 30 minutes, and I come back on. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're great. They're so cool. Um, and, and music is a, is, is, a, is a big part of it. I think mm-hmm. that's another thing that ties all of us together, is that we all love music so much. And mm-hmm. a band that has been uh, part of it from the second year is the Mowgli's. Yes, they were great. Did they pl- they like headlined or they, they headlined last year, last year and the year they before? They were great. They get everybody yeah, really so excited. If uh, not to, to give any plugs on here, but uh, uh, if you go to at the Mowgli's um, on Twitter, they have a new uh, record that just came out, and it's definitely uh, a whole album experience. And uh, if you like music, I gotta, I'm gonna check that out. For oh, sure. you'll love it. I, I uh, my wife actually told me to stop playing it because I've never it. <laughs> uh, so in terms of the music that's at LA Vegan Beer Fest, is there any sort of vegan connection with them? You know, we definitely go to bands that that um, they might not all be vegan. It's it's mm-hmm. it's actually hard to find. 
100% vegan bands. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. And it just limits... Also, you know, Vegan Beer Fest is an experience. And so I don't want to limit on the music side, you know, what amazing bands there are mm-hmm. out there because we've decided that um, we we have to go with this, you know, duo that is from... Ukaipa sure. that is vegan and but just because they're vegan so um but but we are conscious in terms of the bands that we work with that they care about the environment mm-hmm. um that at least someone in the band is vegan that they they understand it and they're not coming in well they're clearly supporting the cause if they're playing la vegan beer fest and uh most of the bands have ended up uh uh really embracing it and mm-hmm. probably um have more vegans in those bands because of vegan beer fest than um before they got there you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna make a suggestion to anybody okay. listening who wants to go to la vegan beer fest if you are vegan get a second ticket bring somebody who isn't vegan and let them explore and see how great i i the food and we beer were talking about that the other day and i almost feel that it's 50 50 um vegans Quite to possibly, non-vegans yeah. And if you have someone that's on the fence um, or that person that is really against it, um, uh, against veganism, I would bring them to this event because there is just a thousand smiles all around and there's not one person going, I don't like this. It's, oh my God, you have to try this. Right. Um, I hear that all around, whether they're talking about a beer or, uh, or you know, a, a suicide dog from Frankenstand. <laughs> sure. Oh, now I really want some Frankenstand. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's coming up on May 4th and tickets are on sale now. Yep, tickets are on sale. There is uh, a VIP ticket also that gets you a kind of, uh, get you an early mm-hmm. uh, one. So if you are a, you know, it's probably geared a little bit more towards the, the, the beer aficionado than it mm-hmm. is um, someone that's just coming to experience um, you want to get and meet the brewers because that's one thing. Um, almost all of the all of the the brewers that come out, they have a, a brewmaster there. Mm-hmm. They have people from the brewery that really know the beer, and so there's that experience too of of how it was made, the process, what goes into it. Um, really tasting beer. It's not just about drinking beer and and putting down food, but but there's this you walk in the door and we hand you a la vegan beer festival glass that you actually love that little glass you get to keep and uh and you get to just go from uh stand to stand and and uh it's unlimited uh pours and you know i I think we've been worried you know in the past that that people are just going to get wasted and that's something that we just don't see yeah Uh, people um, people really are there to enjoy themselves um, and to explore. And so I think mm-hmm. because of that, we don't have, pe- there's no beer chugging. It's not that kind of experience. It's not really a, uh, it almost feels like a, a wine tasting experience. Yeah. You know, you get your little glasses, you do a little bit of sipping. Yeah. There's you know? a lot of sipping going on. Well, it's also not chugging beer. Yeah. It's, it's beer that you need to kind of let, uh, sit in your mouth for a second and appreciate and, it and, and this year we are uh um, putting a little more focus on gluten-free beer really um and ciders oh cool because we've had a lot of um you know a, a lot of vegans out there um ha- are gluten intolerant or sure um just people in general mm-hmm. are, are gluten intolerant so we've put a little more focus into that area um tony's been doing some research in, in that and then uh and then ciders is something mm-hmm. that we'll have more of this year great yeah and i know that tony would not let anybody drink a gluten-free beer if it wasn't amazing yeah so and, that, and that's been the push uh i actually have my wife's best friend is 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 gluten intolerant and i actually had to hide her some beer in the roxy kitchen and then pour it in her glass uh-huh. and then let her go back out because uh for the first couple of years there's just not great gluten-free beer but Mm -hmm. uh, tony has promised me that he's he's found uh, a couple um um of them to sure and just like with any vegan product whereas maybe something like vegan cheese like a vegan cheese alternative perhaps a company starting doesn't really get the formula right over time they get it right and get it better and better and better same probably goes for gluten-free products especially beer so, yeah, um, and and being raw, you know, uh, I I was gluten free for the last uh, 
12 months right, right. and so um you know you do actually feel pretty good i i i went six months uh without beer uh because beer is uh they cook the mash so mm -hmm. it's actually not a uh, raw product but that was i just couldn't go one year without beer so i was uh, 99 percent raw with one percent um beer so what made you decide to to go raw Again, just to um, to experience it, uh, it was that's what it was, and I, mm -hmm. I don't think you can fully understand something and fully experience it unless you one hundred or ninety nine percent commit to it. And it, if I had just you know had a raw meal every once in a while, mm -hmm. um, I, I wouldn't have understood what what it was. I wouldn't have forced myself to to get a dehydrator sure. to uh, learn how to. Um, uh, survive you know mm -hmm. um and and learn how to cook i i love cooking i i've cooked my whole life mm -hmm. and so just you know getting the raw cookbooks and the blogs and and kind of starting to support that i love you know i, I do have a lot of followers on social and mm -hmm. so um anytime that i can turn them on to something right um i do and so just going through that journey um it was great but it, it's it, it was something that i had to commit to and say I will. I'm going to be raw for one year, and in uh, the dehydrator. I mean, I, 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 I didn't even know any. I thought that you put, um, you know, apples in there, and mm -hmm. uh, and they made dried fruit. And uh, I'm making uh, pizzas and uh, and burgers and crackers right. and cheese and all these things and in, in there. And so that that was a really fun time. That's pretty cool. So, what kind of challenges did you face when you were going through the the raw experiment? Uh, you know, again, you know, like you find out, you know, which, which I didn't know is that it's, it's hard to buy unpasteurized, um, products, you mm -hmm. know, and that you, you, you probably don't think, you know, you think you go and get juice from the store. Um, that's not actually raw. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's being pasteurized. And so, um, I just couldn't consider that. So it was, I got into juicing. I, mm -hmm. I, I started to use my juicer a lot. I found, um, right. luckily at the same time, um, we're having this explosion in, um, in, in press juices in mm -hmm. Los Angeles right now. So there was a lot of cool things to go check out there. Uh, and then nuts, you know, you eat a lot sure. of nuts and, uh, unless you get almonds from out of the country or direct from a farmer, uh, ninety nine percent of them are are pasteurized mm. uh, because there was a a law passed in I think two thousand seven um, that said that any um, almonds sold in um, for public consumption um, in a in a supermarket or in a store had to be pasteurized. Really? Yep. So even if they oh. say raw mm -hmm. almonds in the store, they are not raw almonds. Man, you got to go I to your farmer's lied to. <laughs> I, it was, I did too. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, farmers market uh, has them, and okay, and if you and that's why you might see Italian almonds um, in the bulk bin section, mm -hmm. and and those are raw because they're actually bringing them in from Italy, and they don't have oh, to go through the pasteurization. Good pasteurization to know. Process. Good to know. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people who will say, "Oh, well, I can't eat gluten," or I. I mean, usually if somebody says they're raw there's a good chance that they're also mostly vegan, at yeah. least. But for people who are gluten-free, frequently say like, oh, I could never be vegan because I'm already gluten-free and that's already limiting enough. So I know that you're saying that you were raw, so there was no gluten involved. So what are some of the things that... We, we had mentioned earlier how you had kind of opened your mind to different yeah. things that you could possibly eat. What are some things that when you went raw, you experimented with and realized like, oh, I could do this? Or... Well, it, something as easy as taking corn off the cob and getting some fresh store-bought salsa and pureeing that and pouring it onto a sheet and dehydrating it for 12 hours and having amazing chips wow the next that day really good. you know i didn't know I, all it's yeah. doing is taking the water out and you know i wake up in the morning and i got a crispy i bet it chip. smells great too smells great <laughs> and uh 
And then the same thing with flax. You know, flax seeds are amazing. I, I ate a lot of flax seeds this year, uh-huh. but they make for great crackers. Um, mm-hmm. They're a great binder. I, I use them a lot instead of egg when, when I bake. Yeah, the whole flax egg solution, that's said to be the best, the best way to go. Although I'm really curious about the veg. Have you heard about this? This new vegan egg substitute that is being sold in some stores, but I think it's oh. growing in popularity, and it's supposed to be like the big thing. Oh wow! I well, I have a wife that is constantly craving scrambled eggs, which I think for both of us is such a weird thing. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. But this that might help. <laughs> yeah, I, I have to look at, look into it and see where you can get that on here. But it's called the Veg V E G G, I believe. Probably uh, my savior for the last year is, and we live in California, is mm-hmm. avocado. Uh, I mm. am already the biggest avocado fan, but <laughs> uh, well, I'll eat it out of the, uh, just the avocado itself. Oh, yeah. I will mash it. I will puree it. Um, so that that was, um, you know, avocado really helped me. Uh, I never thought that I would like cut up carrots and cauliflower and broccoli so much mm-hmm. but uh guacamole will do that to you so, sure um that was something that helped me get through uh every day i think that the like what we mentioned before the, the buffalo style cauliflower mohawk band really opened up my mind to the possibilities of the cauliflower well they do a uh which i did as well um is they make a you can make popcorn um raw popcorn uh-huh. out of cauliflower by Pulse, you know, putting it in, on pulse in the uh, Cuisinart, huh. and then putting you know uh, some new nutritional yeast on there, mm-hmm. uh, salt, pepper, um, some t- maybe some uh, raw tamari, and then um, and then putting that in the dehydrator, and y- you w- <laughs> you you would know the difference, but. Nine months into being uh, raw, uh-huh. you, you would not know the difference. It's, oh, that sounds it's so a, good. You know, and, and just like vegan, you know, we're not always trying to replace something, but we're trying to, um, we're familiar with it. So sure. if we can get it to that state, um, I'm not trying to recreate popcorn. When I give someone and I say, hey, this is popcorn, obviously yeah. it's not popcorn. It's a popcorn type snack. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's that's really all I'm looking for. Um, you know, being raw during the, the cold months is definitely hard. Um, right. Going, I went through uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas um, this year. It was a little difficult um, because... You know, you go back to childhood memories or it's mm-hmm. cold and you kind of want these comfort foods. So within raw itself, it, you don't, it is hard to get to that, that comfort food mm-hmm. feel. But um, you know, that's the only thing that I, I did miss um, over the last year was going into the holidays. Um, I'm a big fan of mashed potatoes. Again, mm-hmm. there's a great cauliflower mashed potato recipe mm-hmm. raw that is uh, out there that they're doing with cashews and cauliflower. Oof. And uh, <laughs> it, cashews is... But cashews, ma- look out. What? Because if cashews... Are cashews... No, like raw, are raw no, cashews? Yeah, well, you, you so, can find raw ca- cashews okay. easier than you can... Raw cashews, them. though, are very expensive. I they find. are, yeah. I, I bought a bag of, uh, I think, four of them the other day. <laughs> it was like $8. <laughs> um, but cashews is another thing while you're raw that you eat a lot of. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and a really simple recipe of a handful of cashews, a, a squeeze of lemon, some salt... And you pulse that in, in, in the Cuisinart and then add a little water. Um, and you'll have cheese that you mm-hmm. can spread on crackers, use on bread. Um, you know, it, 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 it makes a great cheese sauce. And a, one of those things, when you, when, you, when you learn those techniques, they don't go away after you're raw. And so I was making um, cream of mushroom the other night. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well... God, I, everything I made that was creamy while I was raw, I was using these cashews. Mm-hmm. And so I put a handful of cashews in uh, the the uh, cream of mushroom and mm-hmm. pureed it. And it was actually made it the creamiest <laughs> cream of mushroom that I've had in That's years. That's amazing. Yeah. I love it. So what are some of your favorite things to snack on while we're talking about some snacky things? Uh be, while I was raw, the the Go mm-hmm. Raw products um, are mm-hmm. fantastic, and I actually saw them in Ralph's the other day. So, really, um, they've made it out of go Ralph's. out of the corner health food store into Whole Foods, all uh-huh. the way to Ralph's. Um, they have the their pizza snack one. Um, uh-huh. 
are fantastic. They also have a, uh, uh, a granola that, that, that I was a big fan of, just put it in the bowl. Um, and then, you know, on, on one, once I moved from uh, being raw, uh, have a chips, I'm a big fan of, uh, mm-hmm. of have a chips. Um, I eat a lot of hummus. Uh, I can't get enough, can't uh, get enough. hummus. So good. That's and, one of my favorite things to make. Yeah. It's so easy. And it's, I find that when I make it myself, it just tastes a lot better than anything I can buy in a store. Yeah. It's been uh, sitting in a refrigerator. Yeah. I, I, th- there was a couple, um, I've, I see more companies using um, raw um, chickpeas in their oh. hummus, um, which I would have never thought that sure. was happening. But as I was searching and I reading every ingredient la- label, I, I, I see that a lot. Um, so maybe next time try um, using yeah. um, raw chickpeas. And Ooh. tahini, for the most part, is is a raw product as mm-hmm. well. So, um, you know, you're kind of on that there. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, Chocolate Obsession um, Soy Delicious uh, mm-hmm. ice cream. That is definitely one of my uh, late night snacks. Uh-huh. When my wife is not looking, I'm <laughs> I'm sitting in front of the freezer eating that. Um, you know, I they're not really snacks, but the I think what Gardein has done in the last, sure. um, you know, they had initially a great um, you know faux chicken breast, mm-hmm. but um, they're. Their burger that I had, their their burger patty that I I, I made a burger for uh, Super Bowl last week, mm-hmm. was by far, um, and I don't mean this in terms of tasted most like a burger or right. something, but just was a great a delicious thing. Yeah, it was yeah. a great product. Yeah, and I mean, good for Gardein. They're everywhere. Yeah, and they have um, every time I go to the store, it seems mm-hmm. like they have a new product. Sure. So I I I always like to see a company grow like that and mm-hmm. I, I think you know as being a vegan a long time i've a lot of the the brands that i bought only had the same three products and i always mm-hmm. was like god if they just made more um mm-hmm. but Gardein is they've they've kind of cornered the uh, that market and uh they the chicken wings are the buffalo chicken wings are fantastic uh-huh. absolutely and, um my wife um grew up going to um sizzler as a child and she would get the Malibu chicken sandwich mm-hmm. and so they Gardein has a, 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 a breaded chicken um, like patty um, and then I get the, uh, the, the the fake bacon and make a little of the veganaise with the mustard mm-hmm. and it is Oof. it is identical that to so good. she says and I've seen pictures online because I went uh-huh. searching I mean this thing looks like the Malibu chicken sandwich <laughs> and it just oh, that's uh, awesome. makes her really happy yeah oh mm, I'm so hungry right now uh, just a couple things in LA in terms of raw restaurants sure um, that Revolution um, mm-hmm. sadly looks like they're going out of business oh no um, but they well, just like crew. Yeah, disappeared. Crew. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I heard some rumblings about Planet Raw as well. So yeah, we did have this um, three or four years where we were seeing a lot of vegan restaurants open. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they're 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 having a tough time now. Um, right. But but Revolution has a if you if you get to get there before um, they end up closing, they have a, uh, a Big Mac burger that's mm-hmm. raw that is a uh, fantastic um especially as really? a raw vegan and even as not i've, I've brought uh-huh. my friends there and uh they they were completely satisfied and then uh i'm a big fan of uh, uh of cafe gratitude love cafe gratitude the food there is amazing yeah sometimes you can feel a little silly ordering there yeah my my they... wife refuses to to order there so i i order for her <laughs> um, uh for anybody who's unfamiliar with cafe gratitude they have names for their meals like I am magical and I am thankful and I am delightful. And that's usually, what they're called. You I can't get, say I'll have the burger. Uh, you can, but they will repeat <laughs> they, to you yes. what the name of it is and ask you if that's what you want. Right. <laughs> um, I usually get the I am festive. It's a uh, it's a raw enchilada and mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 really really good. And I guess my my number one go to if I could have it. All the time would be the uh, 
the I don't know if it's called the Chicken Run Ranch Burger at Native Foods, if it's still called that. Oh, um, I don't know. But Native Foods is great. Yeah, Native Foods, they have a fried pickle on there, and their ranch is on par with any ranch in the mm-hmm. entire country. And uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Native Foods. Native Foods and Veggie Grill, they're, they're two that are just popping up everywhere. Yeah. And I feel like in a matter of years, they're going to be just across the country. Yeah, and I mean, I, I never want to kind of take sides, but uh, I feel sometimes that Veggie Grill needs a little more, more soul to it. Hmm. Um, it's, it's a little on the... Um, uh, it, you know what? It's a it's a fantastic place if you're trying to transitioning. You know, sure. If you're transitioning mm-hmm. into veganism, or you have a friend um, that that well refuses to eat vegan food, and I've not met a meat eater that's gone to Veggie Grill that hasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, had uh, a, a change of heart in terms of sure. vegan food, but I, I, I'd say in, in, in terms of the soul of, of, and and I know that sounds a little weird, but uh, native food, there's a little more uh, heart in the in in their burger. Okay, uh, I I do like how because they're both they're different from each other. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll be like, you know what, I'm not so much in a native foods mood. I'm in a veggie grill mood. If I'm going to go to a place like that, it's more of like a a chainy, more like a fast food type yeah. of experience. Uh, but both of them, I'm glad they exist. I, I am too. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and you know, one of the things that it is great about a veggie grill is their uh, kale salad is, is absolutely is one of the best out there for sure. Absolutely, the all hail kale salad. And, and kale is another thing. Um, as a uh, during being raw, that uh, mm-hmm. I ate a lot of kale salad, but mm-hmm. I also um, made a lot of my own kale chips. Mm-hmm. And, and we see kale chips. Um, it's it's probably the thing that's exploded the most. Oh in, yeah! In terms of you know a vegan snack over the last couple of years. Well, I have a friend who's very vocal about not liking kale, and I was like, "Have you had kale chips?" Yeah. And he's like, "No." So I, I gave him one, and he was like, "Yeah, this is really good. Yeah, it's really good." So maybe uh, if you're not into the raw stuff, yeah, or not into just like kale salads. Well, and all maybe those kale chips, chips. Um, believe it or not, they're all raw. They're all raw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so. The, those are fantastic. I, yeah. I definitely lived on uh, on some of those. Well, any product that I can buy that has nutritional yeast in it, yeah, uh, I'm gonna do. And and anything that's like cheesy, this that's not uh, actual cheese, if it's got nutritional yeast, mm, sold. Yes, I, I am too. <laughs> I am. I'm. A, I'm a cheesy person. You're a cheesy person. Cool. Well, so we're we should probably start wrapping things up. So you got the LA Vegan Beer Fest coming up. That's yep. May 4th. Yep. Where can people buy tickets for that? Uh, you can go to losangelesvegan.com. That's our Tumblr mm-hmm. page. And you can start there. And there's a link to um, the ticket site. You could also go to LA Vegan Beer Fest on Twitter, which mm-hmm. is LA Vegan Beer Fest. And how much are our tickets? Um, we, we got past. We did a, a pre-sale where they were a little... A little. They were actually 50% off. Those sold out in... Uh, Oh yeah, I tried about a, about a day, I or tried. maybe even less. I think it was um, less. So it, I, I think it's somewhere between. Uh, I think it's like forty-five for a regular ticket, and and, maybe and that's fifty-five unlimited beers. Yeah, it's not and, unlimited food. Um, right. The the food you have to buy, but the, the, a lot of the places do give um, some type of samples, and I mm-hmm. think this year more than any other year in the past, we will be seeing more samples um, being passed oh, out. And but you do get unlimited um, um, servings of uh, you know you get a four ounce glass um, with a regular ticket and you get an eight ounce glass with the mm-hmm. VIP ticket. I actually suggest don't get the eight ounce glass because you want to actually try as many beers as possible. Oh yeah! And if you have an eight ounce of a eleven point oh you know double IPA, uh, you might not sh- want to have anything. It'll else. be a short. <laughs> it'll be a short day. <laughs> Yeah, no, that was the best thing about going last year is it's just like, all right, which one have I not tried yet? Or it's like, I've had Stone a million times before. Yeah. I don't need to go to Stone. Let me well, go to these guys. and Try to, um, you know, one thing, we actually, um, we have a relationship now, a very good one with Carl Strauss. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to, um, to, to the guy who was pouring my beer and he said, you know what? Go try every other beer and then come back here and let this be huh. your first beer. And what that experience did was, I would rather try every single beer at the beer fest 
and um, then then kind of get stuck on one or two beers mm-hmm. and be like, these are amazing. Because you can find those one or two beers, um, you know, maybe at a bar or in the supermarket, but really you know take two ounces of every beer and then when you find that one that you want Mm -hmm. that's where you're going to end your day and so uh he was right he told me he said you're going to try every beer here and you're going to come back and this is going (laughs) to be your favorite and uh that was red trolley um at the time uh was was my favorite beer of uh two years ago and we actually became good friends with carl strauss they're down in san diego Mm -hmm. and we have our own beer now at the roxy called um uh, number one mm-hmm. and it's our own house draft that we made cool. with uh carl strauss makes it for us and so we just uh we get it shipped up um every couple weeks and if nice. you're ever in the roxy it is a vegan beer and uh i think it's our number one selling beer and it's mm-hmm. our own so we're really proud of it and you can actually get a growler of it um and oh, take it cool. with you if you ever come to see a show oh that's awesome yeah but maybe do it at the end of the show so you're not carrying around a giant growler with you. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, Nick, thank you so much for coming and talking to me. Um, I think that everybody should go to the Roxy as much as possible. Yeah. Check out as many shows. I am going to tell you a little story. I actually almost got into a fist fight there. My only one of my life. Well, you would have been the only one that that's happened to. <laughs> ever. I'm not a, I'm not a um, confrontational person. And, uh, you know, just one, one rude guy was trying to ruin somebody's night. But... Well, it'll happen. You know, that, that's a good and bad of Sunset Strip. You know, it, it's not a sterile place. There's right. a lot of people from a lot of different places there. But I can't imagine that happening at the LA Vegan Beer Fest. You might get hugged by somebody. I think so. A hug attack. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nick. Everybody... Get tickets to LA Vegan Beer Fest. If you're not in LA, come out to LA. Go to LA Vegan Beer Fest. You know, on that note, we have a lot of people. Most of the people that I've seen on Twitter are actually flying out and uh, have gotten tickets. So we have a lot of people coming That's from cool. around the world and around the country. Well, if you're coming, come find me. Come find Nick. Please. Say hello. Please. And uh, thank you so much for talking to me. Thank and, you. Uh, take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.